Last time on The Many Merchants of Maloon, we were introduced to the protagonists of our story. Sylvie, Jolie, and Zeke. Merchants hawking their wares in the coastal town of Soleil. After encountering an array of interested and some disinterested parties, we saw a glimpse of a more idyllic time in Soleil. Now, as we approach the curtain call of this year's coastal eclipse, we will begin to see the realities of the harsh continent of Malu. Episode 2 The End of the Eclipse Hi, I'm Jory. I play Zeke the Fighter, and it's good to be here. My name's Jesse. I play Sylvie the Rogue, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Eli. I play Jolie the Cleric, and it's good to be here. Hello, it is I, Jordan, the DM, GM, whatever you prefer, and it is good to be here. towards the end of the coastal eclipse um the jovial upbeat nature that's usually indicative of the start of the coastal eclipse largely starts to subside as both the excitement of the event starts to die out coinciding with the weather worsening it just kind of creates a bit more of a somber tone and tonight the rain that has fallen for ceaseless days has come to a peaceful drizzle Boisterous shouting matches have been replaced by intimate and hushed whispers. It is the breed of night that secrets are made, a night of confessions. A night so quiet it deafens you and weighs heavy on your shoulder. In this night, a now familiar man sits alone at the edge of the docks. He looks to you, Zeke, then back at the water. The very personification of this night itself. Rodolo sits at the docks. You hold his spyglass. Did I successfully put it together? Don't give him room. Be like, I hand him the super good spyglass. It's so beautiful. I give him the most beautiful, shiniest, perfectest spyglass. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to have to roll for it. (laughs) I believe we're going to say sleight of hand. Because it's it's this is a, a smaller device, so it's something that I think required a degree of precision to actually be able to you know operate on. Okay, seventeen. Oh, you hold Rodolo's spyglass in a well prepared condition. It still perhaps has some on the like various filaments that you perhaps didn't want to touch, some nicks and scratches. But in terms of looking through it and its its mechanics, it's been restored to largely its former glory. It is a job well done. I think I'm excited about this job because it's not something I'm used to doing. So I think I'm very proud of myself for figuring it out. So I think I like give it to him and I say, oh, take a look at this. You can see um, I was able to figure out that the uh, issue with the glass was that the angle it was on had been warped slightly. So I didn't have to touch the glass, but I was able to uh, fix the warp in the metal. And that's what was uh that was what was taught. Like, I'm kind of explaining what I did to, to him. He's both visibly elated and a little um, reticent at your approach. He takes it, extends it, and he looks out on the horizon where now the clouds that were once like very widely parted to accommodate like multiple, multiple vassals wide are starting to close up already slightly. He passes it over to you. I take a look through. You see the vast storms. Perhaps you don't see it. I mean, you're not much of a seafarer, are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever been out to sea. I've pretty much been in. Um, I don't think I've ever left Soleil. So you see the inky black clouds that you've usually only seen from a great distance. And now they seem much even more <laughs> larger, giant, bigger than life as you look through this this spyglass. 
And as you're looking through, Rodolo says, I can't pay you, but I can give you this. And he removes from underneath his clothing a necklace that has on it a charm that is in the shape of a diamond. Um, It's very intricate, probably dwarven in nature, which is something that you'd be not terribly familiar with, but I mean, it almost looks puzzle-like in that it's like golden lines all forming and in between the lines, there's like a more of like an onyxy texture and much more of like a rocky non, uh, like very opaque rock. And then all around it is like these like intricate gold lines forming this kind of web-like pattern around this this pendant. So unfortunately, I did lose money. So this is not boding well for me. So I think when he says, I can't pay you, like, I don't think my face brightens at the sight of <laughs> no. a piece of jewelry. No, no. Millennium I Pyramid. I make this. <laughs> Millennium Pyramid is a great, is a great, I mean, just diamond Millennium Pyramid for sure. Wow. That's a good, that's, that's a good touch. Good. So I say to him, like, Rodolo, I'm going to level with you. I, I've lost money in the last few months in part because I was depending on this. I took time out from other clients to work on this. I, wh- why is it worth my time for this for this piece of jewelry? Uh, well, it's hard to say, Zeke, if it is worth your time, but <laughs> it's what I have to offer, unfortunately. I don't mean to have been deceptive. I just, I really thought that I would be able to, but some of my clients are holding out. I know the feeling. I know it may not seem like much, but I think it's a fair trade. I'll take it if he has nothing else to give me. (laughs) Kill him. You you could keep the spyglass. You can withhold it. I want both things. Is what I want. But Zeke is like, he's lawful good. He's an upstanding member of society. He doesn't want to, um, he doesn't, he he just wants his money. Zeke, I understand your frustrations. And in the normal situation, I think that they'd be entirely justified. But you see that out there? I've year upon year navigated through some of the most treacherous waters that you probably couldn't even fathom in tow with some of the most important individuals in the world. And soon enough, I think it'll all amount to nothing. How soon is soon enough? Because I still have kids. (laughs) You want to go tell my kids that or? (laughs) Zeke, you're from Soleil. Have you, are you familiar with the Great Calamity? Yes, it's whatever, whenever. I, I think that's moot. In the meantime, we have to live. I don't want to live in fear of some mythical storm. Zeke, we have no time. The Calamity is upon us already. There will not be another day like this. There will not be any days soon enough. And gold won't save us from that. I just wanted something that has always brought me peace to be there by my side as I sail through into those waters to what I believe is to meet my demise. Sun. Hit him with the sun. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to take this trade, but you have to understand regardless of whatever issues are happening in the greater world, whatever nihilistic revelries you're having, Mm. whether there's a great calamity today, I still need to pay my rent tomorrow. Now, I'll take this deal. I'm sure I can hawk this for something, but understand this is not a way to conduct business. He smiles at that. I'm sorry 
my friend. I wish you the best of luck and though I don't know what to advise you on or what the best course of action is right now, I hope that by some strange stroke of luck that we arrive at our destination, wherever that may be, and <laughs> I'll have your money then. And if I see you again, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> I'm not sure what it'll be worth then, but I'll have it for you. Uh, well, I'll, I'll keep up with inflation. <laughs> have a great rest of your evening, Ridolo. He thanks you again, and he boards his ship. We'll go to the morning. And what I do want to hear here, I want some characterization here. I want the morning routine is what I want. Because we have not yet decided to depart as a caravan, I would say that, um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that Sylvie and the troop like have a wagon, have access to that? Because it's like a big like lifestyle and cost associated, right? I mean, do you travel? I mean, there's not really, you're kind of like the hip happen in place, but there is like a couple smaller little sediments or like mostly dwarven ones, to be honest, around. Um, in that case, I would say if we do travel, it's like renting, like with another wagon, like a transit, mm -hmm. wagon transit. Um, that is to say, uh, Sylvie and the troop probably spend time in various boarding houses, depending on the season, what's cheapest, who they have the best uh, relationship with, who owes them a favor. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, I think... Paz gets up first. He likes to busk in the mornings. Um, he probably makes like a, a quick breakfast for the for the his companions, leaves it out, but then wanders off into like the city center. Fabio and Sylvie are more party oriented, and so they're probably sleeping very late, um, rolling up, you know, closer to midday, stuffing their faces with whatever food. It's like the room is a mess. It's like costumes. It's like old broken instruments in one corner. It's like spoiled milk in a jar somewhere. Where the fuck did Kiki go? Oh, she shit all over the floor again. <laughs> I'm not going to clean it up. Um, Kiki deserves it better. Kiki is probably, if I'm being real here, not treated super great. <laughs> not like with malice, but like... Animal neglect. Yeah. That's really upsetting. Well, you all liked when she got put in a little costume. <laughs> That's not good either. <laughs> I see how it is. Um, you just, let's go to SeaWorld after this. <laughs> Anyway, so Fabio and Sylvie probably wake up closer to noon. Uh, maybe today, if if everyone's leaving, it's not going to be a good day for business. People don't want to like stop and watch plays or linger around if there's lots of work to be done and lots of business at the port. So I think maybe they're just stocking up on supplies themselves, shopping. Um, but they're never, you know, afraid to bring like a little pack of tools or or have like an instrument on hand in case the opportunity does come up. Probably still hungover from whatever happened the night before. If I, you said that like part of maybe being re on retainer is like having room and board at, um, at tulips. Um, but I think like being, having a room when you're like semi unemployed is a very different experience. Right. So it's like a shitty, shitty room. But I also think I have like maybe a little bit of access to this kitchen. Mm -hmm. Julie gets up very early because she likes open spaces and not the cramped spaces of this uh, tiny bedroom. And also, um, I think has like a morning ritual of brewing, like, does Dora live there too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of brewing like four cups of tea and leaving two in the kitchen and they're going to wake up around the, like soon and get it. And she brings one to her wife, hmm. has a cup of tea, w wakes up earlier than everyone else. Exact opposite of Eli. Um, gets ready for a day of like a little bit of, a little bit of sales. Um, and then later, and that, but before then, maybe some like foraging or checking on the cheeses and the wine. Zeke and his family live, I think, in a little apartment above the uh, the shop. Zeke is in a, a foul mood this morning, and so he is grumpily making breakfast. And I think um, his daughter um, Hilda is uh, 
potentially making breakfast right behind him, but better. Because <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily the cook of the group, but he does um, insist on doing all as much as he can himself. Maybe um, Nomi is like reading a book by the they have like a little bay window in the front because bay windows are nice and a good place to read um and hilda is uh cleaning up after her dad while he uh while he prepares the little their little morning meal the start of the day is nice that nice little drizzle that was present in the night continues through the early morning however as the day goes on towards midday a very violent storm starts to brew, which is not unlike, you know, that's that happens all the time in Soleil. And for today, as you might expect, as we are RPing, is not a normal day. Sounds of complete hysteria and panic are heard and seen from outside of each of your homes. There is a great, brilliant red light Soleil is often overcast is an understatement because of all these storms. It's not really often that you get direct sunlight. That's one of the reasons that the coastal eclipse is a big deal. Um, this is not sunlight, however. This is light from fire. Fire! Fire at the docks! Fire at the docks! A massive, massive storm has brought with it giant bolts of lightning. Again, not uncommon. However, uncommon for this time of year. Usually people have led or have left by now, and there is a massive, I mean, what did I say? 30 people? 40 people? There's a massive, massive ship that is on fire at your dock, and it is spreading quick. And people that are trying to leave, that same crowd that was, that was crowding when leaving the port is not trying to get on and now you got people that are coming off of this fleeing this ship that was about to leave port that now is going up in flames and trying to pile onto other ships and they cannot fit what does that have to do with us i think jolie would absolutely run out and see if like there are people she can help okay jolie runs out yeah i mean i'm not like a firefighter but, like, are there, like, people immediately in the area? Well, what you will see is by the... I don't know if I mentioned the massive sinkhole that's in the center of town. Oh, yeah. There is an elderly couple that have their old donkey, Boris, pulling their cart, trying to get down to the docks because they're trying to leave Soleil. They're done, you know, they're, they're retiring away from Soleil. Uh, however, this slick, slick, wet, wet rainfall that's been happening for multiple days and is now coming down really, really hard has turned the ground to a sloshy, muddy mess. And they are trying to hold their their donkey up as he goes towards, inching closer and closer towards the sinkhole in the center of town. And they're going to lose all of their lovely possessions, Joey. I guess I like the things that you start with in D&D are not on my person right now. No, no, because I mean, this is like your cart stuff, presumably. What were you gonna do, stab the donkey? <laughs> I was gonna see if someone strong was nearby and try to like hold a rope to slow it down. I can be strong and nearby. But I don't have a rope, apparently, so it's- Oh, okay, well, I mean- You're in the center of town. Yeah, you can have a rope. Is there, okay, fine, I have a rope. So the, you're right next to the rope monger. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a cheese drink. Yeah. Yes. You go up to the road monger, yes. he, you go up to the road monger, he's like, yeah, well, you know, it seems like you're in quite a pitch, and, you know, supply demand seems like demand's pretty high, so it's going to be uh, 40 gold for uh, one foot of rope. That's a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 40 weeks. <laughs> whatever, I see some rope nearby in the town square. Um, and Zeke is like maybe peering out to see what's happening, and I shout to him. Yeah, I, I, I scramble over and I say, "What can I? What, what, what's going on?" I like shove one end of the rope to you, and I say, "Hold this!" Ah, help us! Help! Help! I sprint around the other side, around the front of the other side of the cart to try to slow it down. Boris! Boris! Whoa, Boris! Easy, Boris! Hee-haw. So I think the rope is going around the front of the cart, and so and so it's not around the 
the donkey, obviously. And so trying to help pull it back. the resistance is like the donkey's butt and also the rope. Are you stronger than a donkey's butt? <laughs> well, can you and are you in a donkey's butt stronger than gravity and mud? Okay, so you are trying to, you have like around the cart, you're trying to just pull against. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that's going to be, uh, we'll call it athletics. Ooh, 17. 12. You pull the rope taut against the cart and you are surprised, you know, you, you give it all of your effort and you're actually surprised at, at the fact that you almost kind of put too much into it and you pull the cart back and Boris kind of like flops onto the mud, unable to even pull it at all. And you're able to just like, by pulling the rope back, able to drag it away a safe distance from the, uh, from the sinkhole. They're still having trouble uh, getting their feet. Uh, but for all, they're safe now. Um, we probably, do we know this person? Do we know them? Who? These like old people? Yes, they're Nikolai and Cheyenne. Oh, Nikolai and Cheyenne. Uh, Pillars of the community. Yeah. Uh, members of the church. <laughs> um, Jolie is like, like very familiarly like like dusting the mud off of them, just like sloughing it off their clothes and is like, thanks Zeke. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Cheyenne, you okay? Yeah, I'm... Oh my god! A second ship is on fire. It has spread down, and it's actually going to start spreading even further to the village itself. The storm is buffeting you. It is even hard to see that far towards the dock because of how thick the rainfall is. I think we got to get to shelter. Uh, my, my apartment's not too far. Uh, where are they going? Yeah, no, no, including them. I, they were part of we. Oh, okay. It's and, Nikolai and, and Cheyenne. Sorry, I was confused. Um, how far away from the docks are you, Jesse? Definitely not far if it's near, like, that center of town, that main plaza. Um, that's where Sylvia and Fabio would be hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, that's a decently fair distance. Like, it's kind of like there's the center of town and then there's a couple, like, buildings that people live in. But then it's, like, another clear two to three hundred yards before it's, like, actually the dock. Like, it's kind of, like, a a distance. We would have no specific business at the docks today. Of course not. But you see this fire. (laughs) And you're like, cool. Yeah. Rose I like... Yeah. <laughs> got it. Anarchy got it. No, it's not it's not that it's cool, it's just like, what am I gonna do? Right. What a distant tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Only it affected me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you are gonna be roped in as you might uh well you can always say no. Clearly, you have poise, athleticism. You're among one of the more probably capable people of like the the town. You know, um, this is not necessarily a place that everyone go. You know, not the surprise people are always in Soleil. So I think that you would be a sought after commodity for a situation like this by the individuals, by individuals such as Roti, who is. Banging down your door. <laughs> she wakes me up. It's like 1 p.m. and there's a fire <laughs> and everyone's screaming and her knocking on the door wakes me up. Okay. Are you like answer it? Yeah. I don't have any money. <laughs> Rody, Rody's like, what are you doing? Get dressed. Rody, what are you talking about? I need your help now. With what? You can probably even feel some heat. Oh, that much fire? Like, these are like ma- like pretty massive ships, and now two of them are on flame. And again, it's starting to spread to the actual build. Not your building, but like, it's it's bad. I'm putting on a, I'm putting on clothes, but I'm like behind the screen shouting at Rody like, I'm not a port warden. I don't know what you expect me to do. Dance at it. Listen, Sylvia, I don't need the attitude right now, okay? This is just the all-hands-on-deck situation. I need your help, and I just need you to shut up and do it. And you're going to pay? We'll sort that out later. She shrugs. Um, she grabs supplies. What, what's needed here? Um, she would bring, like, a dagger and... <laughs> just in case some people need some killing. To, like, cut, like, people free or something. And kill them. And kill them. She brings her killing dagger. Cut them free from life. I don't know what else she would bring or that she'd really have. Rody mostly needs these, like, capable bodies okay. to come try to quell this. Flattery will get you everywhere. I don't even know if Rody even knows necessarily how to do it. I mean, like, it's already raining and these flames are still out of control that it's not even being put out. See, the gods are putting the fire out, Rody. He's got to pray on <laughs> We've talked about magic a bit. Is anyone, like, an... an 
uses magic in town often? Would anyone know, for example, that you do? Probably a couple people know. People who have like broken their legs and she did it, but I feel like she was like, don't tell people. So like, it's like a smattering of people. Okay. Would Roddy be one of them? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm on good terms with her. Roddy gives Sylvie a description of Julie and saying that that um, she needs to go down to the docks to get a hand on this fire. And what she needs you to do is to get Jolie. And bring her to the docks? Yes. Easy enough. I don't think that you necessarily would have too much trouble actually finding her, though. So Then I do. Because, I mean, like, you come out and then, like, there'd be da-da-da. She'd be kind of, like, right there. It wouldn't be that hard to find. Yeah, we are, again, at, like, I think, the, like, the mouth of the merchant's street yeah okay and you've got a big kind of kerfuffle with um cheyenne and nikolai and boris boris is like he's going he yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so i i sked around for a bit and then i i find jolie and zeke and i say um cheesemonger you're wanted roddy at the docks um dancer and i go do I, I I go with you because I think I know where Roddy she is. She like, starts oh, walking and then turns around to see you following and is like, where at the docks? I'm going. We're going. Let's go. Should, should I come? Just just so we're all together. It's up to you. What's a reason I would come? I just I'm just happy to help. Amazing. You run down to the docks having to push through people to get there again. These this is not just like, a, oh, let's get to it and, and, and go. It's like there's people that are actively trying to flee. Some people are jumping off the now second ship because they were trying to flee in that one. They didn't manage to get it unmoored. So they like are literally jumping off it into the water to try and escape the flames. But you do manage to wrestle yourself over to Roddy, who stands kind of before the, the, the first ship. Um, that that was on on fire. I'm looking up for Fabio or Paz as well, and if I see either of them, just telling them to get the other and go back home. Mm, just get to safety. Yeah. Okay. Roddy kind of just looks at you, Jolie. This is a position that Roddy's not typically in. Roddy's a very capable individual, but like this is not something. This is a really large scale, which is why the only thing that, of course, I can she could think of was calling upon yourself. Um, she doesn't really know what you are uh, capable of entirely. I think in terms of that, she just knows that you have these like magical powers that most people don't, and like yeah, shot in the dark. Like, can't you fucking help? Right. So it's like something is things are on fire on the water and people are like jumping into the water to escape the burning ships. Yeah. And he said it's starting to spread to the town a little bit. A, a little bit. Yeah. Roddy is like help, basically. Yeah. I don't know, Roddy. I'm not really trained in quick thinking disaster relief. The first thing I could imagine is the it's probably about to spread to the third ship. So you could get someone to evacuate that and then move the fourth ship out of the dock. So it stops spreading. Uh, people are uh, people are kind of already doing that exact plan. They are like already piling on okay. mostly out of panic, just trying to escape. <laughs> Can you like push it with like those barge poles and get it out to the water a bit so it won't spread? Well, at this point, they do have it like untied. Um it's mostly getting people on. They're literally like... Like evacuating the ships? The third one, this, the, so the next in this line, yeah. the first one that's on fire is essentially the end of the dock. Yeah. Spread to the second thing, which is like a sequential line. This third one is like just all the... These people that were going on one and two want to also leave. They're all just funneling onto the remainder of the ships. Onto a ship next to burning ships? They're, yeah, they want to get out of here because Ooh, they want to... That's a terrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're like in full panic trying to just escape Soleil. Okay, well, the ship's going to sink if too many people do that. I'm just going to say like... Okay, Roddy, I'll look for survivors, and I think the most you can do with those arms of yours is not let other people on the third ship. Okay. Roddy tries to muscle muscle her way through the crowd to get over there. Um, obviously going to have quite a bit of difficulty. I think her plan is more so to just have a cutoff point and get them off yeah. into the water. Yeah, like physically block the ramp up to the yep. ship. So she sets off to do that. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, all I can do is like look for people who are jumping into the water and like help them get out. Okay. Um, so I like run down to one of the docks. I grab, I think, let's say like a rope and two fishing nets and I like shove them into both of your hands and are like, hope you have a good throwing arm. And then I run back down the dock. This is insane. 
I do have a good throwing arm. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same as my smithing arm. I will say too, like, you know, at this point, like, people are also getting hurt. (laughs) Yeah, well, my intention is, like, to grab the people who are drowning because Mm -hmm. they might have, like, burns Mm -hmm. and, like, heal those. Mm -hmm. I could, I guess, like, climb down on the dock and sort of, like, throw out ropes to people who can, like, use them to get somewhere safe. Fortnite dance on the dark. <laughs> See, like, hi. And I don't <laughs> care about this, and it's not my problem, but if you're going to pay me, I'll be like, here's rope. Okay, so you are basically trying to, like, throw some rope, pull, pull people up for then, for then, uh, Julie to... Yeah, we're fishing. Crowd control is hard. At the very least, getting individual survivors out of the water is, like, doable. Okay. Uh, and Zeke, you're also... Are you guys throwing, like, one rope and pulling together, or you have two going? I think we should get as like many ropes, uh, RPG podcast, and throw them into <laughs> the drink. As that, if, if a person can just get onto the rope and like get onto like cling to the foundation of the dock, yeah. then we can help them up at some point. Yeah. But if yeah. they're just like flailing and drowning, they're flailing and drowning. Okay. I want to cast out like lines. Basically, like hold onto the dock while we get other people. Yeah. Right. Give them floaties. Love it. So you're trying to just get a bunch of those going. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going to call this athletics because it's kind of like you got to run, grab, tie. It's kind of, and I would take if someone wants to do sleight of hand to be like the designated tire, that also would be okay. We're going to do it like the, the, the triage of it, I think will make a bit more sense. So it's going to be your strong arm is the one that's actually like casting it. Jesse is actually, you know, finessing the line. And then if they come up, um, you're, we're going to spell them. Throw that rope. Twelve. That's okay. Uh, I feel like, well, let's also let's get the whole thing. So let's also get the... You'll take a set of hand for this? Yep. Oh, wow. That's a six. Oh. They drafts. Oh, wow. Yes. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, like you throw a length of rope that does not go far enough. Um... They, but they do manage to, like one individual manages to swim towards it, but the knot that Sylvia's tied is not strong enough to hold her weight and it just falls apart and they fall back into the water. And, uh, you know, you don't really see them come back up. (laughs) However, at this point, I do think that much uh, after your guidance there, uh, Jolie, that Roddy has cut off this excess of people getting onto the third ship and it is starting to push off. Um, There's still a lot of people in the way um, and it is having a little bit of time under the density amount of people on it getting actually going and you're starting to see the flames are getting close. The second ship is now like largely engulfed. Based on what it is that you guys are saying, it's like, uh, you guys are like, I don't know, well, I'm not a firefighter, it's not me, which is fair. So I think, it sounds like they're lost causes to you guys. You don't have any way to really put them out, and I mean, they're completely engulfed. So I think that the priority approach, unless you want to keep triaging, trying to get people out, which is totally valid, is to get this third ship out of there. That's her. I mean, I would definitely look for instruction from Roddy, yeah. the port warden. If she's like, this is our best bet, then it's our best you bet. You can read that from what, like, she's pushed through a crowd, like, obviously can't get back to you, but you can see... The, what she's trying to do is get this ship out of there. The The pandemonium is is obviously everywhere. Um, uh, so you can see that's what she's trying to do. She can't, like, communicate that to you. Should we go help with that? I guess. So he's also definitely starting to panic now. This is, like, a panic situation. She's, like, a random citizen. This is, like, very scary and <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so with like shaking hands, she kind of like drops a rope and she sort of like staggers through the crowd over to Roddy to like help. Yeah. I mean, like you kind of just watch someone die too. So yeah. Yeah. Can I stay and like get more people out of the water? Yeah. But you're going to be doing it yourself, but that's totally fine. Yep. Um, is there anything that we could use like a large pole, not for this purpose, but a battering ram sort of thing to just kind of like give a little push, give a good, yeah. Push the boat. Gotta push the boat. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's a thing. No? I don't know enough about boats. All right. We take the boat pole, which is a thing. <laughs> nice. I love that. And I want to use that <laughs> real thing that exists. Okay, yeah. You got, a, you got a boat pole that comes standard with every dock. 
<laughs> you can have that one. <laughs> I'm glad. I want to use that to try and get the boat out of the way. I think actually is the priority get the flaming boats out of the way. I don't think that you're going to solo be able to push the entire ship, though. Like, these are pretty big. Um, can I ask Roddy to help me? And also Sylvie? Okay. So that's what you want to do first? I want to get the fire away more than I want to get the other boat away. Because if the fire is gone, then the problem is gone. Okay. That's my thinking. So I ask um, whoever is around to maybe help me push push away the fire. There's a lot of people around. You want just uh, you, are you just trying to convince people to come help you? Yeah, like, you there's like, a crowd of people. I think I just can... yeah, like grab this and like heave. Is it heave or is it hoe? I don't know. I think it's more of a hoe because it's a push. Pull is heave and hoe is push. All right, getting a whole crowd of people to hoe with me. Okay. <laughs> Do I roll for that? What am I rolling? I don't really want to say persuasion. That's definitely not what it is. Um, Intimidation. Is that the way you want to approach it? Well, it's more it's less like I'm intimidating them and more like, hey, this is an urgent situation. If you are scared, you better help me. Otherwise, it's only going to get worse. I'll take that. Sure. Okay. 18. Nice. Yeah, a number of, of individuals that are kind of all in panic trying to what well, we're trying to pile onto that second ship and then the third realize that, you know, they're not getting on, especially after this cutoff, and instead turn their attention and efforts to helping you basically save the rest of them. Um, so you have this big pole and you get another five or six people, it's a really long pole on it, and you're all trying to hoe away the uh, the ship that's now on fire. The only thing is that there are some people around and nearby it, so there isn't really anything that you can do to, you know, make it so it doesn't hit them. Um, so depending de- depending on how you guys roll, you're gonna hit some people with a flaming ship. Slash, you also have to be able to actually move it. So that is definitely uh, an athletics with advantage. 14. And that was six. So we're going with 14. 14 after modifiers? Yeah. Um, so you you pull back and you all shove all of your body weight and all of your effort into this, this big pull trying to push this flaming ship away from you. Which after one attempt, it kind of dislodges itself from the place that it's stuck in and then you do it again and again and each time managing to inch it a little bit further away it's somewhat been moored at the dock now you keep pushing and pushing and you manage to dislodge it as it floats away into the water you see one or two individuals dive under the water as it comes near it and they do manage to emerge on the other end just narrowly avoiding the actual large ship that is on fire hitting them but for all intents and purposes you stopped the 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 passage of the flame by getting rid of that second ship so it doesn't really have anywhere to go uh, as it drifts away into the into the sea so does that mean the fire that's left is more manageable? Like, can we like actually get rid of it? You could try to put it out, but at the same time, you've largely like isolated it enough that I mean, there's still a little bit to take care of in town. That's I would say, probably, but the uh, the first ship is probably just gonna burn, which is not the worst. And at this point, as well. Um, this is some guest craft stuff. This is what I do as a DM. This dice, if I get a D20, uh, you'll be struck by lightning. Oh, 19. Very close. So that, that'll happen sometimes. Uh, that's how I like to operate. But 19 is on the exact opposite of 20 on the dice. So actually as far as possible from being okay. struck by lightning. You're that girl who said money does grow on trees because <laughs> trees are made of wood and wood yeah, makes paper. All right. If we got 20, Eli... You get a f- uh, on fire hug from someone. Oh, 12. Okay. All right. That's all I'll use. That's all I get for now. But eventually, at some point in this campaign, that'll work. That'll work. Great. And something terrible will that. happen by sheer chance, and you'll have no choice but to accept it. If you have ideas for what horrible things should happen to us when Jordan rolls a 20, write in. <laughs> I won't listen. I'll always come up with original ideas. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> this is why I've happens to be the same idea that was a coincidence we owe you nothing (laughs) but but send them in anyway realmers um so sylvie's just kind of like just too hot to be bothered uh she's too bothered to be hot right now (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I got it twisted. Um, let's, let's, we'll come back to Sylvie. Let's hop over to Jolie because you are trying to save people. And now that like it shouldn't be getting worse, it is about taking the people that are being affected and, and getting them to safety. Yeah. So what are you doing? Are you just throwing this rope and all this stuff yourself? Or? Are, still, are there still people in the water? Yes, but there are definitely some people that are like in agony that have now been by other, like other efforts of other townsfolk brought um, to the dock. Oh, all right. I'll go to those people. Okay. I have two spells. So how many people are there? Is there two? There's three. Fine. <laughs> Who's the least injured? Jolie's choice. The least injured um, is an older man named Dominic. How, how injured is he? Like He's just got like some minor burns on his arm. Okay, he goes last. Um, how, how are the other two? Like dying? They're pretty worse for wear. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, cure wounds both, I'll cure wounds both of them and use both my spell slots. Okay. So you're going to use both to just cure wounds? You're gonna, uh, you have, do you have to roll for that? The like D4 or whatever? Do uh, I do, but I have an automatic plus nine. So if they have less than nine health, they're full. Okay. Yeah. Um, the burn, any burns they have like remain, but any immediate, um, uh, harm is, is mitigated and they manage to like stabilize. They're kind of just like there, but you know, through your magic that they're going to be okay. I mean, if they're not a full health, I'll roll, but roll a perception check. Interesting choice. (laughs) 13. Um, among the, Bodies that are in the bot in, in the water, um, you managed to pick out a familiar face. It's the young boy that went to your cheese stand just uh, at the start of the coastal eclipse. Uh, once uh, wide-eyed uh, and blue-eyed little boy is now uh, fear-stricken as his very life is flashing before his eyes. Albeit very brief, it's a very short flash because he's, he's young. Because <laughs> he's a child. Um, I'll throw him a rope, I guess. Do you want to take that? You sounds like you're indecisive about saving this child. No, I, I just can't think of like a want people to think that you don't care if the child drowns. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I can't think of like a better avenue to save him. Then. Then like a rope. I mean, you can go in. Is there anything that floats nearby? Wood. I'll tie a piece of driftwood to the end of this rope and throw it in his direction. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't. It's like, yeah, okay. I'll make you roll athletics for it. Roll athletics. 14. You successfully tie the piece of driftwood to the rope and you throw it as far as you possibly can to try and save this child. Uh, it lands close enough to him that though he is basically unable to swim, manages to like struggle enough to get a hand onto it. He's now holding on to the, the piece of wood. I pull it in. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's a, a child, so I'm not going to make a roll for that. Uh, you can definitely, and he's in water, so uh, physics and stuff, you can definitely pull him in. So you manage to pull the child up and he gets uh, up onto the dock. Um, his burns are pretty bad. What do you do? Roll medicine. Okay. Uh, good thing I'm proficient. Um, 14. You get a sense of what you need to to help him. How are you going to actually be able to help these wounds? What do I need? Uh, you will, you'll need well, bandages, clean water, <laughs> not salt water, and burn ointment. I don't even know your name, do I? You didn't even say your name. No. You, girl that danced in front of my Dancer wife. Dancer girl. You respond to that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I turn over and I just like Sylvie does not know what's going on. People are running and screaming, getting injured. There's like a fire. Like this is not what I signed up for. Not something I've ever been exposed to. And turns out she doesn't keep a cool head in a crisis. Okay. She is um like mimicking this and like spelling it out like a teacher. While also playing charades, she's like, run to the apothecary and get bandages and aloe vera. She shrugs, she turns, she goes, makes her way there. Uh, It's probably difficult with the crowds and all that. What's the scene at the apothecary? Probably like normal and chill. No, I mean, it's, it's completely empty. There's actually no one in it at all. 
Okay. And um, a lot of the shelves that usually would host the various goods have been stripped bare. Can it's I, not completely empty, but... Can I search to look for what I need? Yes, you can. Do you want me to roll a thing? Yes, I do. Uh, I guess that's investigation. That's a one. Oh, for real? Nice. Nice. Okay. On um, ones, I get to roll lightning bolts. Oh, damn it. Uh, no. Give me uh, a <laughs> it ricochets. Sylvia's not having a hero moment today. She's stubbornly resisting any attempts. I mean, I don't say other than you definitely don't find it. And perhaps you're even like wasting time, like rechecking yeah. the same, like being like, no, it's, it, they said it's here. It must be here in that panic. Uh, uh, and so you're just like burning precious time. Is there anyone around in the in nearby who like has the supplies visible or something that's even like comparable. Like I think she's at a point where she would just grab like, if not bandages, then like loose fabric. And if not aloe vera, then like mayonnaise. <laughs> Is mayonnaise an aloe vera? <laughs> I mean, loose fabric from like various uh, like little stands and stuff, like like the, the like muslin top, like you could take that um, in terms of like Alcohol, like not really. Like I don't. Like, you'd have to probably just not have that and hope that there's alcohol. something else on the burn. You just try not to get an infection, right? I mean, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's also not a doctor, even a little bit. <laughs> there's a lot of not your profession stuff happening on right now. Yeah. Um, I will just grab, yeah, some loose piece of fabric, be it like the muslin of like an awning or a tarp on a cart or something, mm-hmm. and um whatever jars are in the apothecary, she would just grab stuff. Be like, it's better to have stuff than not, even if it's the wrong stuff. Okay. Um, Jeez, okay. She's not thinking straight. She's gonna bring it back to Jolie and be like, I, I couldn't find it. Okay, when you step out of the apothecary, what you see, cause now like you're coming to the center of town, looking down towards the dock and therefore where the coastal cliffs usually is. And the, despite your, your, your panic, the full picture of what's transpiring is kind of becoming very vividly clear to you in this moment, which is that the once, you know, very wide opening that the coastal eclipse causes is closing prematurely. Um, It's days, weeks um, early. Um, So there's another ship, like the fourth and the fifth in line are starting to just leave. And people are piling on to the point of it being like, you know, sardines, uh, shoulder to shoulder, like people are trying to flee Soleil. Um, And this storm that is a little uncharacteristic for this time is because this coastal eclipse is coming some or well, the end of the coastal eclipse is coming so much earlier than anyone's ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously that's a brief moment that you see that, but it's clear. I mean, it's the entire horizon is is losing light. Um, you now run down to the dock. Yeah. Uh, I I thrust these things into your arms, and I say it's all they had. Um, those ships aren't going to make it. The storm's here. She's like talking to you as she's like bandaging this kid up as best as possible. Um, and is like, well, the fire is going. I mean, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people are going to die by the end of the day, a lot more. Um, so, you know, I know you're young. You probably haven't seen too many terrible things yet, or maybe you have, but I need you to just focus and Let's help who we can. I think she bristles a little at, um, you haven't seen too many terrible things because Sylvie's opinion on that would be different. She um, maybe like snaps to it a little bit and says, the shelves at the apothecary were bare. I, I don't know what else I can do. I'm not any kind of healer. That's okay. You don't need to be a healer. Um, just... You seem very capable, you seem fast. You were a fast runner and I saw that. Um, Think of how you can make that helpful to the people around you. You're not gonna tell me what to do? Uh, not, no. You're smart, aren't you? She, she shrugs, she turns, she walks up to find Roddy. This is a shit show. (laughs) This is a shit show. Um, So you don't have the shit to fix this kid up, by the way. If I were being difficult, uh-huh. I would say that salt water does clean wounds. Uh-huh. So I would use that. Okay. Is it fair to say that 
Um, salt water does clean wounds, but cold water like solidifies a burn. Okay. And so maybe the trade-off is that like I'm leaving this kid's skin like ruined forever. Basically, I know I'm like he's going to have these third-degree burns, but I can save his life by using the salt water to like clean the bacteria to fix the infection. Yes. Okay. So you you clean this this kid's wounds and you bandage him up. Um, knowing that this, like, basically this whole arm that's been burned is going to be that way. And you'll probably have less usage of it in the future. Like, that's also probably tissue damage. Let's hop over to Zeke. Um, you've now pushed, you pushed away that third one and the fourth and the fifth have been managing to, like, get themselves off. For all intents and purposes, again, like, the main thing is just this last ship that's burning that most people have evacuated away from. At this point, the largest part of the threat that was there has been quelled. Mm-hmm. You managed to successfully stop the spread of that fire. And some of the ones that have spread to the building have started to get under control by some of the other townsfolk. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just uh, all sitting there, mouth agape at this whole thing. You're not the only uh, agents of change here in town, okay? I'm I'm not one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the You're not the only agents of chaos. Uh, so you've largely quelled most of the threat. So I mean, if you run over Sylvie um, and Zeke, presumably, because I mean now you've kind of like managed to do that. That maybe I imagine you guys like go back to Roddy to get like an assessment of the situation because she's kind of been the one that's like been telling you giving you the what fur for the situation. She actually, you know what? I think she doesn't really say much at all. Um, you guys can get a sense that, you know, the, the worst has been averted and she just looks being the port warden, basically being the person that's in charge of this, the dock, all the comings and goings that happen in Soleil. Uh, this is kind of a nightmare scenario, worst case scenario for, for her. And she watches um, with her eyes filled with, fear uh as the eclipse closes slowly what could have accommodated all of these ships you know in a a fleet in a row now can barely manage to fit a single one and they're not all upon it yet they are sailing into it and it doesn't really look like they're all going to make it so you've lost two ships and then there's another six that are overflowing with people um, and if you were to look around at the town, it's itself also in a you know a state of disarray, and it really feels quite empty. A lot of these people that were at the dock and it was like really tightly packed has now subsided. Most of those people have also gotten onto these ships. You watch as these ships on the horizon get closer and closer, and. Uh, Zeke, you'll notice that Rodolo's ship, the one that was next to him, was at the head of the pack um, and has managed to, to get through, <laughs> much to your good feeling. Did you want him to sink? I don't want him to die. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we vibes. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want him to die. Um, the last two don't make it. Uh, they try to sail through, um, but at that point it's fully closed and it's a largely impassable storm. You see them sail into uh, an inky black that is a very familiar sight. Already very hard to see through the heavy rainfall, but what you can make out is that they disappear and their fate remains unknown to you. But you've never really known uh, anyone to traverse these these storms and and live to tell about it. So the large part of the threat has subsided. Um, Roddy has basically declared a town meeting. In the pouring rain, the cries of pain of the various villagers, as well as the individuals trying to aid them, um, echo through your ears. This is a day that you won't soon forget. Julie, you've managed to stabilize several people and have been something of a hero of the day. What does the next part of the day look like for you? I'm out. I mentioned before that Jolie and Diane aren't from here and they already have a caravan. Like. Mm-hmm. They, like, 
are a little more nomadic already. They just have been here for maybe like the last five years because it's been nice here. Um, and I think like she knows her wife well enough to know that during this, while she was looking after other people, Diane was looking up after them. Like she's like, I'm going to get home and the caravan's packed. Um, so she's like, okay, things have like sort of stabilized. Um, and then she's like, okay, I'll go to this town meeting, but I'm, my wife wants to leave. I'll leave. That's fair. And there's probably some other people around town that have basically begun to pack in hearing about this calamity come. They're already got one foot out the door. While there are people that were eager to take to the sea and escape, there are equally those that have been packing to leave Soleil as well, um, which perhaps is also aiding in making it feel like even more of a ghost town and the tone being one of goodbyes. Um, I'm curious where Sylvian troop land on, I mean, you obviously would hear about this. Um, what is, especially after today's events, what is the, the sense as a group that you have? Um, especially knowing that a lot of your audience is also fleeing. Yeah. Well, I think a, a big part of this too, for Sylvie, who is the de facto leader of the troop, uh, the situation that happened was like, I think kind of traumatic for her. Um, she was like thrust into it and she like fucked up and failed and mid situation, probably worse in some ways. Um, so I think the next few hours afterward, when she goes back to the boarding house and meets up with Fabio and Paz are really, um, really somber and uncomfortable and she might, you know, start, um, drinking, earlier than normal to uh to sort of numb herself a little bit and um in the discussions between them as the hours wear on and they figure out what they want to do it's clear that like without not only you know the integrity of the coastal eclipse being called into question just the fact that soleil is more empty than before is they rely on other people and the movements of other people to make their money so without that they are um boned i believe so leaving is like a whole thing. They don't have a wagon. They don't have expertise traveling around and they don't know the rest of Maloon well at all. That is something that they might have to be like a plan. They have to hatch something they figure out. I mean, maybe, maybe Fabio and Paz like see how uncomfortable Sylvie is in town and they like pitch it to her as a way to sort of like snap her out of it. Or maybe she feels like really uncomfortable. Like I think she was really struck standing at the top of the market square and like seeing this, this, you know, panorama of like desolation and pain and like death unfold in front of her, uh, I think has really marked her. She's not like totally like catatonic in grief or anything, but, um, she's definitely, uh, this has shaken her and she needs something to change to get back to her old self. So she'd be pretty quiet today. She's like processing right now. I yeah. mean, and not even today, it's like hours later. <laughs> it's like not even that. Okay. Fair. Um, Zeke, uh, has in the span of a day come to know that one of the big jobs that he was doing is not paying him out. Uh, business was not great through the coastal eclipse and now the coastal eclipse has, has ended early and, you know, there was, uh, a lot of unsightly things, uh, transpiring, but you also were a hero of the day, but you returned home to your twin daughters. Um, a lot on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, I don't think being a hero of the day is much, much consolation to Zeke. I'm not sure if I'm out for glory. Um, especially if it doesn't pay right now. Um, you all say that. I love it. Like, you very, said very you said merchant, very merch, very merchanty of you. <laughs> I think Zeke, by virtue of just his position in his family and um, this level of responsibility he feels, has to make quick decisions. And I think, although yes, he has, I believe, lived in Soleil his whole life and has been hesitant to leave. Um, and I don't think it's ever been this bad. And I think he has to make a decisive decision to tell the girls to pack light. And that they're going to head in, I'd say, first thing tomorrow. I think he wants to get out of here or whatever, however long it takes for them to get a caravan ready. <laughs> in his background, I mentioned that Zeke, um, Zeke's wife was an adventurer. So I don't think they have nothing. I think they do have 
just lying around the house like her old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have like a full caravan ready to go at a moment's notice either. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess he would be better equipped than a lot of the other people. I mean, by virtue of being like a smithy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Roddy has, has called a meeting and um, <clears throat> Roddy says, <clears throat> I know today was a hard day. But we don't have time to mourn our losses or to lick our wounds. I don't think I have to tell you all what's coming. Uh, We've all heard the rumors coming around town. All I'll say is that they're decidedly true. And if you believe otherwise, well, that's on you. I, for one, will be leaving tomorrow in the morning on the road to Astra. And I implore all of you to come with me as I know I can't do it alone. But to stay here is to choose death. And I, for one, won't be doing that. I've called this home for as long as any of you and I've seen it go from squalor to greatness. And unfortunately it ends here. So tomorrow morning, first sun, I'll be leaving. And I hope I have you all in tow. Thank you for listening to this episode of Many Realms. This has been our second installment of The Many Merchants of Maloon. If you want to join us for the whole ride, you can subscribe to our podcast. You can learn more about us by following us on Twitter or Instagram at The Realmscast. Or if you want to support us financially, you can follow us on patreon.com slash many realms. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.